Welcome to a new year here on the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Hope that you all had a wonderful and restful winter break. As we head into January and the new year of 2023, we are going to be trying something a little bit different with the podcast this coming year. So we surveyed our teachers, we surveyed our audience, and we wanted to know where you learned best in terms of consuming content, being able to listen to it in the car? Did you like seeing visuals on YouTube, things like that? So what the team has decided to do this year is we will be producing YouTube videos of all of our ideas around anything ELA related that you could possibly imagine that is going to benefit you as a middle school ELA teacher. And we are taking that audio and putting it on the podcast. And that way you can consume this content in the way that works best for you. So if you're a visual learner and we're on YouTube and we're showing you something that you can visually see and how to utilize that in your classroom, you're going to be able to go on YouTube and watch it. And then we're also taking that same audio and putting it here on the podcast so that if you listen in your car or on a walk or on a run or something like that, you're also able to consume the content that way. So the only thing that you just need to be aware of is if I do make mention of something being like a visual you'll just need to pop over to our YouTube channel in order to see that in action. Otherwise, everything else is still going to be consumable for you on the podcast. So the link to our YouTube channel will be included for you in the description where you are listening to this episode. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. So if you're finding yourself in the time of year where it's even tougher than usual to get energized to teach all day or for your students to be focused and actually excited about ELA class, then I'm going to suggest that you teach short stories to help make those weeks go by a little bit faster and keep students on their toes. So what I wanna do is share three short stories that you may want to consider when you find yourself at a point in the year where students' attention is waning. And along with each short story, I'm also going to walk you through an activity that you can do alongside the text that is sure to hook your students and keep them excited. Okay, so the first thing that I wanna talk about, the first short story, is The Treasure of Lemon Brown by Walter Dean Myers. And if you're not familiar with the story, it's about a boy named Greg meets a mysterious man in an abandoned building. That's all you need to know. So here's how you're going to engage your students before you even start reading this story. This is such a great activity and you can use this with anything else. So you're gonna do a treasure hunt activity. And I wanna walk you through how you will set this up. So the first thing that you want to do is to split the class into three separate groups. Then you'll choose a location in your classroom for each group where they are going to find some treasure. Maybe it's one spot in your classroom library, another is next to a certain bulletin board, whatever, you get the the point, right? Wherever you wanna put it. Then on your whiteboard, you're gonna list one to two clues for each group to direct them to their specific location. And then hidden in each spot will be an envelope with the following questions written inside on a piece of paper in the envelope. So number one, what does the word treasure mean to you? And you don't want them to use a dictionary, you want them to write down how they would define this word. And then number two, what do you think of when you hear the word treasure? So ideally, you can also include like small pieces of candy or other mini prizes in the hidden envelopes. So students actually get like a small piece of treasure, right? Treasure hunt, yes, etc. So then each group should discuss these questions and write down their answers. Then afterwards, you're going to gather together as a whole class and have a representative from each group share their answers with the class. So now that you've hooked your students, it's time to tie in the concept of treasure with this actual story. So as students read The Treasure of Lemon Brown, 
you'll have them search for evidence in the text answering the question, what is the true meaning of the word treasure? And then finally, to wrap up the short story unit, students can simply write a response to literature answering that same question about the true meaning of the word treasure to them. Okay, so the next short story you'll definitely want to try out is Lamb to Slaughter by Roald Dahl. 100% the story is sure to engage your students. They're going to love it. So they will be hooked, inevitably, by the murder of Detective Patrick Maloney by his wife, Mary. And so while this story is already incredibly engaging, imagine if before your students even read it, you had them participate in a fun prediction activity. And so with just a tiny bit of prep, you can create a class period that they will remember. It will be one of those moments that they look back on for the rest of their lives. So I want to walk you through how you can create a fun and rigorous prediction activity for this particular short story. You can also use this with other short stories. So on index cards, you want to write down the following names that I'm going to list on the next slide. So Mary Maloney, witness, Kevin Quinn, police photographer, Jack Noonan, police sergeant, officer O'Malley, police officer, Ryan Walsh, police detective, and Gerald Ginley, I always mess that up, Gerald Ginley, fingerprint examiner. Okay, so you're going to write those on index cards. Then on the other side of the index card, you're going to come up with a short piece of dialogue that this person might say about the murder of Patrick Maloney. And so since many of these people aren't actual characters in the story, you're just coming up with a short blurb that gives students a glimpse of what the story is going to be about without giving away too much. So for example, for Gerald Ginley, the fingerprint examiner, you might write on one side of, or on the other side of the index card rather, that after dusting for fingerprints, I have found nothing matching the fingerprints in our records. Whoever committed this act was either very careful not to leave prints or their fingerprints are not in our records. Okay, so that's what his card looks like. And then you'll want to make enough copies of each card so that you can create small groups in the class and each group gets a set of cards, right? Then you will instruct each student to select a card, but they cannot read it quite yet. Then one student will be selected to read their card aloud. They'll take on the persona of the character on the card. So they might say something like, I am Gerald Ginley, a fingerprint examiner. And then they would read the quote written on the back of the card. After hearing the quote, now the whole group is going to write down a prediction for what they think the story will be about. Then the next student reads aloud their cards and the group adds on to their prediction. So the prediction just keeps growing. Students continue reading their cards aloud. The group continues adjusting their prediction. And then finally, they will write one final prediction based on all of the cards and they will share it aloud with the whole class. And students always love to hear what other groups come up with, right? It's such a fun activity. And so at this point, you want to make sure that you haven't even shared the title of the story with your students to really keep those predictions original. So if you're thinking of reading the short story with your students, I want to give you some small tweaks that you can do also to build up the excitement for this particular short story. So before the day, or maybe the day before rather, this prediction activity, you'll want to tell students that a crime has been committed, that they're going to try to solve it. You can get as creative and crazy as you want. You might even offer a small prize if a group gets close to solving it um, with their prediction. And then after students share their predictions, you can award the group that came up with the closest prediction to what actually happens in the story. Now, a third short story option that is definitely going to engage you and your students is Amigo Brothers by Piri Thomas. So it's about two friends, Antonio and Felix. They're both talented boxers who end up competing against each other in a high stakes boxing tournament called the New York Golden Gloves. 
And one of the many things that makes this story so interesting is the central conflict the two characters face as they prepare to compete against one another. So since this conflict is bound to be a big discussion as students read and analyze the text, it is the perfect opportunity to try out a game that we like to call Conflict Knockout. So I'm gonna walk you through how you can create the game for your own students. And I want you to keep in mind that this game can be used for any story you read where conflict is a focus. It doesn't just have to be used with Amigo Brothers. So in this activity, students learn about or review literary conflicts and then they apply their knowledge. So it takes a little bit of prep on your part, but I promise that your students will not only love this game, but once they play, they will be very well prepared for analyzing conflict when they go to read this text. So to prep, you're going to want to do the following. First step, on four pieces of paper, type out the following phrases to create conflict cards. Person versus person, person versus self, person versus nature, and person versus society. And you want to make sure you use a really large font because these will be taped to your whiteboard or like a wall in your room. Next step, make two boxing glove wands. This is just a bonus to make it fun. It's not necessary, but if you want to do it, you'll find an image of boxing gloves online and you'll print out two copies and you'll attach the images to two rulers that you have in your classroom. So like a ruler with a glove and another ruler with a glove. And students use these to slap at those conflict cards that you made in the first step. The next thing that you will do is you will Google or come up with a list of like 10 to 20 different conflicts that represent person versus person, person versus self, etc. And for example, you might write something down like, you know, a family fights to keep their farm running after a severe dry spell damages their crops. Or another example would be something like, you know, two students turn in the same essay and each one blames the other for copying. Okay, so you have all of those conflicts right now. Now, before you play conflict knockout with your students, you'll want to discuss those four types of conflicts and share some examples so that they have an idea of what it is, right? So when you feel like students are ready to start identifying the different examples, you'll split the class into two teams. Give one student on each team a boxing glove wand that you already created if you choose to use those. Use those. If you don't want to use those, students can just use their hands for this next part that I'm going to explain. So then what you'll do is you'll read off one of those conflicts that you wrote down and then two students will race to the board and hit the conflict card that best represents the example. So it's a little intense, but it's super fun. The winner is the student who first hits the correct answer. Then you'll continue playing with new students each time, keeping track of points if you want to. Now to tie this into your reading of Amigo Brothers, you will have your students answer the following questions after playing Conflict Knockout. So number one, name one external conflict that Felix and Antonio face in this story and describe how this conflict helps to shape the story. Number two, name one internal conflict that Felix and Antonio face in this story and describe how that conflict helps to shape the story. And number three, are these conflicts resolved in the story? And if so, how? So you can have students answer these questions independently or in small groups, using the text to find evidence to support their reasoning, however you wanna set it up. And what's great is games really help students learn. They give them context for practicing a new skill. They provide them with positive learning moments and of course, promote cooperation and sportsmanship. So whether or not you read these three short stories with your students, consider how you can adapt these activities to play with other ELA topics, stories, whatever it might be in your classroom. They can be rinsed and repeated time and time again. 
So whether these three short stories I shared are new to you or they're favorites that you return to year after year, I really hope that you picked up on some fun activities that you can try in your classroom to keep both you and your students engaged during ELA class. So I'd love to know below which you will be trying first, a treasure hunt, a prediction precinct activity, or a knockout game.